It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is the Monday edition. It's presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for joining us, folks. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion putter Jeff Fegels. You can dial us up at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, or find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. As a reminder, you can find an archive of the show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Mr. Fegels, the Giants knocked off Washington yesterday 23-20. to Your thoughts? My thoughts are that you are a happy camper. It's seven, It's going to be 70 degrees today for like the third day in a yeah, row. How could no. I not be happy? The My sun thoughts, is shining so brightly. I just wish it could just stay like this. We could have victory Mondays and 70-degree weathers for the next four months. I, I, I'm buying in. That would be good. But, but aside from that, we know one thing. That will not happen, at least the weather. We can count on that. Uh, maybe the Giants winning every week from here on out. Who knows? Probably not, but we get excited about what we saw yesterday because finally the Giants did the inevitable. They went through a game with zero turnovers. There you go. And what happens, Paul, when you do that? You usually come out on the winning side of the, of the, uh, the ball, and they did. They won the well, game. Great game. Good stuff. It did help that they had five on the other side of the ledger, so they were yeah. plus five in turnovers for the day. And I know the score was only 23-20 at the end, but I was talking to my dad earlier this morning, and he said, look, the Giants totally controlled that game. I mean, it's like it never should have been that close on the scoreboard. And I said, well, Dad, that's what happens when you kick three field goals. Uh, you go for a fourth down on the first drive of the game in Washington territory in position to put up points – and you fail on the fourth down. That's what also happens when you have somebody drop a pass at the 25-yard line in the fourth quarter when you're in position to add more points. So there's no doubt the Giants should have had a much more comfortable lead, and Washington never should have been within striking distance at the end of the game, but they were, and unlike what happened in previous matchups this year where the Giants could not hold on, uh, they did. And the two interceptions by Martinez and Ryan in the closing minutes were just really heads-up smart plays by veteran football players who know how to win and were able to lock this one down. Yeah, the other thing, too, that got the Washington team back in the game were, and the Giants have been really good about this all season, about giving up you know big plays on defense. Um, well, they gave up a 68-yard pass complete play to McLaurin, and then Sim. Where did this guy come from? 45, a 33, and a 32-yard play. You know, those four plays right there kept them in the game. Um, But, you know, you can't take any away from the game other than you can't take those plays away, I mean. So the Giants, uh, yeah, they did. They they finally figured out how to hold on to a win. And and how do they do it? By making big plays, like you mentioned, with Martinez and Logan Ryan, two veteran guys. And Logan Ryan knowing uh, I I had heard – Yesterday on Coach Judge's press conference, I don't know if you heard it, Paul, but he had mentioned that they put that coverage in on Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, and something that Pat Graham had saw and wanted to install it, and it worked. It sealed the game. And uh, I'll tell you, as a coach and as a player, I'm thinking this is pretty impressive when you can put something together before it happens and know that at one point in the game it might work for you, and it did. It won them the game. Well, to specifically de- de- describe what the Giants did on the play, Logan Ryan was hanging out in center field, basically to the opposite hash mark of where the ball was thrown. And he was hanging and hanging and hanging and making it look like he was going to come in and zone the tight end, Logan Thomas, over the middle. But then just as he timed it correctly, he suddenly broke. When he saw that Alex Smith was going to throw the ball to the left, that is the offense's left, McLaren, who was running a, um, a, a kind of like a, a, a little bit of a deep slant, he was in front of Julian Love, who was playing a deep zone. And I think what, what they were banking on, what Washington thought, 
is that, oh, okay, there's a, there's a zone on the left-hand side. Logan, uh, Logan Ryan is going to worry about the tight end on the right side. Love is playing too deep in his zone on the left, so all McLaurin has to do is run his little bit of a slant, sit down, and he's going to have an ocean of space. And quite frankly, if you looked at where Love was, McLaurin did have an ocean of space until Ryan, who was baiting the Smith throw, suddenly comes charging over and undercuts the pass, and that's how the interception was made. And apparently that was the strategy that Ryan talked to Graham about, is that I want to be able to bait this guy. I want to be able to look like I'm playing zone to the other hash mark, and then I'm going to make a late charge. It's a risky play. But my goodness, when it works, it works. Well, I think the two plays that they had at the end of the game really kind of, you know, as a as a Giants fan, it was it was interesting because I I, I was watching the game and you kind of don't know how to react because usually it's going the other way, right? I mean, the whole season has been where the Giants are are basically throwing that interception to lose the game, and now the Giants are making plays to win games, and so I think there's a lot of a lot of upside to this win. Uh, we talked about it on the pregame show about confidence and and getting the guys to believe in one another and going on the road on a short week by the way we didn't talk a lot about that but you know it's tough to come back on a Monday night football game and play on Sunday Um, luckily and they had to go on the road so that's even even a little bit more difficult but you know they turned it around and um, what's interesting Paul is that this team is now zero in the turnover ratio (laughs) They're, Mm -hmm. they're at zero after getting five you know yesterday which is amazing to me but you know and also the development of, of young players. Uh, Coach Judge talks about that, and Patrick Graham talked about it in his interview on our pregame show yesterday, that the development of these younger guys. And you look at Austin Mack come into this game, and he's only been doing things to be able to get him on the roster to come into a game in practice every week. He's getting better and better, and he shows up in the game yesterday. Big, tough, tall, good physical receiver in Austin Mack, making a good catch and really had a great day. Yeah, he caught the long 50-yard bomb early in the game, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was the slant later on where it was a contested catch where he was physical and tough. Oh, very physical. Went right for that goal line, and, you know, his knee was down before. But, yeah, that's the type of player he is. Love it. Yeah, you do. You like to see that aggressiveness out of a, a a big wide receiver, a big target. Speaking of targets, he was targeted five times and caught four catches. So, you know, they had him in the game plan. They And as Coach Judge says all the time, you know, you, you're, you're one of those 53 guys. You're going to play. You come to the game, you're going to play, and he did. Well, and, that's uh, what he brings to the table, and he did it at Ohio State for a number of years, and that's why I was so excited to get him here. Sure, yeah. It, it, and he's a big he's a big dude, man, and, and physical. I love to see it. So a lot of good things. Uh, the running game, again, continues to get better. Uh, I think you got to credit that offensive line with the way that they're blocking. And, um, you know, 165 yards on 35 carries. Now, that's not – you know, I think both of – let's see, 65. I got the stats in front of me, Paul. The raw rushing. Wayne Gallman had 68, and then Alfred Morris had 67. So, between those guys, they had 25 carries for 100 and – what's that? 135 yards? Yes, it is. There you go. Nice job. So, Hey, we do math on these shows. (laughs) See, what I was simply going to say is the team ran for 166 yards and only four of them came from the quarterback, (laughs) which is very significant. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, last time uh, the rushing statistics were padded by 70-something yards from Daniel Zone. He had a 49-yard sprint in that game against Washington last month. um, Yeah, it's, it's just good. I mean, you can see how we have talked about this team getting better and better every week and you know, there are no moral victories, as we know, um, but us that we can analyze and look at this, we can talk about this all we want. We can say, you know, this team is getting better and it's getting well coached. And I think the most important thing on both sides of the football is the coaches are now, I think they understand their personnel. They're getting to know them so well to be able to put them in positions to succeed and, and types of coverages that they can put them in or types of plays that Jason Garrett can design um, and still – you know, you got to clean up some things. You got to clean up some drop passes, Evan Ingram. You know, things like that. Uh, he obviously had a tough time catching the football yesterday in a couple situations. One of them, which which didn't turn into an interception, should have been, but they hit the ground. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are things where um, you got to button those things up. But you know what? He makes an excellent catch and throw from Daniel Jones to Evan Ingram in the end zone for one of those touchdowns. That was a beautiful play. Really, really beautiful play, and that's the kind of plays you want to see more often out of Evan Ingram. Great throw. Great throw. Good stuff. Sit in the pocket. Boom. 
Yep. Um, you know, the Giants had their, you know, they had their <laughs> tough time with that front four and for front seven for the the red, the uh, I almost said it, the Washington the team. The red team. You can the call red them the team. red team. Red That's team. okay. Yeah, we're close. <laughs> Although I thought we did pretty good yesterday. I think I might have screwed up one time yesterday. But did I don't you? think. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. A lot yeah, better than last week or last I, time we played. I, the, the pass protection wasn't as good as it was against Washington last month when they only allowed one sack. Yeah. This time yeah. they were charged with five. So yeah. clearly Washington did get after them a little more hot and heavy than they had in the past. But. Again, the run blocking was terrific. I want to throw props out to two guys uh, while we have a chance here before we get to our phone calls. 201-939-4513. First of all, let's talk about what Alfred Morris did because you mentioned the 160-plus yards rushing. I mean, are you kidding me? Nine carries for 67 yards out of Morris. A guy who you know had been on the street only a few weeks ago. And you remember during the pregame show yesterday, what, what did I say, Jeff? The interior running game, you've Mm got to be able to run at the soft spot in the Washington defense. And where was it? Between the tackles. Mm -hmm. And outside of the one run where Morris went to the outside, for the most part, the Giants just pounded it right up the middle through that soft tissue paper rushing defense that Washington has on the interior. I thought it was an outstanding game plan by the coaches to utilize Morris, knowing that he's big, he's physical, he's downhill, he's between the tackles, and that was the place they wanted to attack. Yeah, I, I like I liked the uh, the changeup. I think they're both hard runners. You know, Gallman is a hard runner. He gets you those hard yards. And uh, Alfred but not Morris as big. Is a, yeah, is a bigger guy, you know, a little bit lower to the ground, uh, you know, just kind of a – um, a guy that will hit the – both of them hit the holes quickly. I think you'll see a little burst, a breakaway speed from Gallman than you would not see from Morris. But I think, you know, having those two guys healthy and for the rest of the season going in, I think those are going to be a little change-up, one-two punch. And I think it's a good thing going for those guys. You know, yesterday with the offensive line and that running game, only had one negative run all day. Um, so that gives you a lot of flexibility in your play calling aside from some of the penalties that put you in, you know, second and long, first and long. But as far as negative runs, there was only one of them yesterday. That's correct. Now, the other guy I've got to mention here, and by the way, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. I have to talk about what Jabril Peppers did to recover that loose pig skin early in the game <laughs> as it was as slippery as butter. And Nobody was bouncing wanted that. around. Yeah. Well, I think at least five or six guys got a hand on it. But here's what I want to say about that play, Jeff. Okay? Clearly, a play of that nature, if it goes the other way, it's a big deal because the other team is probably going to get some points out of it, and it really can change the entire complexion of the afternoon. But here comes, here comes Jabril Peppers, who was one of the last guys diving at the ball. In fact, because he was so late in getting there – He was not at the bottom of the pile, and yet somehow he dives into the side of the pile, shoves his arm under there, and scoops the ball out to the point where, as the referees are still unpiling the mass of humanity trying to figure out out where the ball is, he's already standing 10 yards downfield, waving the ball in the air. I got the ball. The referees actually had to talk amongst themselves, and and they're looking and like, oh, yeah. The giant guy's got the ball. Must be giant ball. What a great play by Jabril Peppers to ferret out the football. And, Jeff, come on. You played – I don't know how many times you were involved in a fumble scrum. Uh, Never. Never? Not once? Ever? Never. No. No. Well, you know, we've talked about this before on the program. There are a lot of things that go on in a scrum. Because yeah. everybody wants that ball, and they all know it's not who got it first. It's the guy who comes out with it last. And Peppers, I, I, I'm, I swear, at least four or five people must have had a chance at that, even when it was under the pile, and somehow he was able to scoop it out of there. I mean, you talk about a play. That's a big-time play from a guy who's got tremendous desire to win. Yeah, obviously he saw something where when he went into that pile, the ball was exposed and got it, you know. I mean, he's like a, like a hawk going after one of those little little uh, chipmunks that we see all over the place. Man, he just scooped it and see you later. Big play. And then he made another big play at the end of the game. So, uh, it's, listen, the guy's, the guy's a great competitor. Um, he likes to, you know, he's very physical. He's a good leader. And that's all you can ask for a guy like that. I mean, that was a big play. It really was because, you know, Washington, they, they recovered that fumble down there. They're in the red zone. And they're going to come out of there with points. 
and they didn't. By the way, that was the first play of the game for the Was for Washington. That Correct. was the first play. Correct. Um, which was crazy. And uh, I don't know who it was. I think it was Martinez that forced the fumble, didn't he? Wasn't it him and Logan Ryan that kind of hit, hit him at the same Ryan time? I gave Logan Ryan credit for the forced fumble. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, unbelievable. But they were already across midfield. Okay, and by the time that ball kept bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and bouncing, I have to believe they probably would have been inside the Giants 25, maybe 20 at the time. Yeah. Um, I got the play-by-play here. It's it's, it's going to be inside the 20-yard line. I mean, Peppers, I Peppers actually was given credit for the recovery at the 19. Okay. So I suppose that's where it finally landed after the ball just kept bouncing and bouncing. Remember, it's a 20-yard gain for Gibson. That takes it to the Giants' 45. So that ball traveled approximately 25, 26 yards while people are just diving after it, trying to catch that loose hog in the middle of a rodeo. <laughs> That's right. Uh, first and 10, it's, I, I, I'm trying to look at – I think it's. I think it was at the 19. It was. Maybe. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, so officially that's what it was. So, yeah. Jeff, then, anything you know, else before we get to yeah, the calls? Yeah, real quickly, real quickly, you got uh, – you got a takeaway from the special teams yesterday. So that's another positive. Uh, Madre Harper comes up and recovers a, you know, a, a punt return fumble yep. and um, gives the ball, the Giants, another takeaway and, you know, comes from field position. And Giants, they turn those into 10 points right away. So that was a good thing. Um, and then uh, – so, no, that's about it. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Right. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes. I'm sorry. That's why I'm stuttering. No, no. Bit, so. and, and, again, as expected, talked about this on the pregame also, Washington's return game was very suspect. Mm-hmm. They were in the bottom five in the league in punt returns and kickoff returns. The Giants had to dominate on special teams. And getting that turnover like they did uh, with Harper is certainly a way to do that. So, to me, the game really, 90% of the game went as prescribed. The mm-hmm. only problem was the Giants didn't have a bigger cushion, you know, on the scoreboard because they should have, but they didn't. Again, 90% of the game went exactly as prescribed, and, and that's why they were able to win. And now we will see what happens on Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night, I said nighttime. It's actually a 1 o'clock game when the Philadelphia Eagles, coming off of a bye week, will be at MetLife Stadium which is gonna this be weekend. A, which is going to be, I mean, a, a at this point in the season, when you're two and seven, I mean, there isn't too many big games. This is a big game this week, boys. This is a big, big football game. Time to get off the snide with this Eagles team. Um, it's in the division. The Giants are two and two in the division. They can go to three and two in the division. God only knows. You probably do. When the last time the Giants were even close to being three and two in the division, um, in a season where this division is horrible so that's a little positive take on being three and two that's something to be above 500 right be three and two in the division and still have a chance because by the way you look at this Eagles team they're only one was it one and a half games ahead of the Giants right right now well the or Eagles two, really? because they've had the bye week and they also had they that crazy tie. tie against the Bengals yeah. and by the way how ironic would it be if at the end of the season it's that Eagles tie that winds up giving them the NFC East title, <laughs> yeah, the half it game. could. I know. Don't don't laugh. That's why Jeff. they. It that's, really why, could. that's why they say a tie is better than a loss, right? I mean, definitely. exactly. It's worth it's worth half a point in the standings. And uh, right now, if you had to ask me, I would say that thing is looming very very large for them right now. Mm-hmm. In the meantime. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. We're going to try to make the rest of the show all about you callers. We'll try to get through them as quickly as we can because I guarantee you there are a lot of people who want to get through. So why don't we start it off, and we will go to line one. Ralph is in Florida. You're on BBKL. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? How's everything? Good, Ralph, How are you? Two things from the game yesterday um, that I was really, 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 really impressed with. One, Joe Judge challenging his defense late in the game. To make, to make a stop was, you know, that's telling from a head coach coming, talking to their defense and telling them, you know, enough's enough. And two, we definitely need a second corner. I mean, I mean, Yadam, let's be honest, Jeff, you talk about Sims getting 60, uh, 40, 32 yards. Yeah, that's he struggled. All on Yadam. Yeah, he struggled. That, that was all on Yadam, and the touchdown was on Yadam. So, again, uh, Daniel Jones, everybody can say what they want to say. He played what he was supposed to do. He didn't turn the ball over. I love the fact that he didn't force anything. 
And, you know, the five sacks, Paul, you say five sacks, but that was a lot of Daniel Jones stepping up, not trying to make a big – not trying to force nothing, not trying to hold on to the ball. He just stepped up and he didn't get to the line of scrimmage, and those were like two or three sacks like that. Ralph, it's interesting you say that because when I graded the tape this morning, I did look at the five sacks very carefully, and I charged two of them to Daniel Jones for stepping up, as you said, because he was trying to be smart with the ball. And isn't that what the Giants want out of him? Take the sack instead of making a risky throw. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I, I didn't mean to say that the five sacks were necessarily a negative for the Giants. It was just an indication that Washington's pass rush had picked it up from when they played the Giants a month ago. Yeah, no, and and the question was, they picked it up, and a lot of that pressure came, you know, the last sack. I mean, the biggest play of the game, let's be honest, Paul and Jeff, is getting nailed in your back on a blindside hit and holding on to the ball and making that punt. That is the biggest play of that game, and nobody wants to give credit where credit's due. When Daniel Jones got sacked and got nailed, I mean, he got nailed. That's a fumble two, three games ago. Washington picks it up. It's game over. He held on to that ball late in the game when he got sacked and we punted and brought him down and we got the interception to win the game. That holding on to the ball, getting nailed like that, that's a huge confidence builder for that kid and this team going forward. Yeah, I think a lot of people – I think people did give him credit for that. A lot of people did. And I think that was one of those defining moments in, in Daniel Jones's career where people look at him and go, see, you can do it. You can do it, but if you notice on the slow motion, right when he got hit, he took that football and he curled it right into underneath his arm. So you know, and, yes, and, exactly. And so he's that's learning. Just learning curves. Yeah, that's but right. That's learning curves, Jeff. And you yep. guys, are, you guys do a great job. Love. Well, we're you learning guys. too. We have a Keep learning curve. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Thank you so much. Don't of, we, Paul? Uh, we definitely have a learning curve here. Yeah. yeah. Of Jones's uh, seven fumbles this year, six of them have come from the pocket, and I have four of them on blindside hits. And I don't think you could have a more picture-perfect blindside hit than what Curl did to him in the final moments of that game. I mean, I don't think that Jones ever saw him coming, and he got plastered. In fact, he got broken in half, and he held mm. on to the ball. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of those things where – you, you kind of develop that sense, right, when somebody's getting close. And then, of course, you feel it. But, uh, you know, that off-season training, that's where a little of that came in, I guess. You yeah, know, we well, heard about that. I guarantee that. you he feels it this morning. <laughs> There's no question. He's young, though. He's, he's young. He'll, he'll bounce back in a day. You know, if that's, yeah. if that's Tom Brady or Drew Brees or any of those old, old guys, they're going to feel that one for a couple of days. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. We go to Carlin, Connecticut. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Great to be on again. Thank you and for calling. Here I go. I got high octane. I am <laughs> adrenaline filled. I finally saw physicality on both sides of the ball. They insert Shane Lemieux in the offensive line. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or what. There was physicality. They were physical. They were old school. I know they got a long way to go. It was so awesome to see physical on the Giants on both sides, flying around, just physical. And I remember, Paul, listening to you. You spoke about Austin Mack. I haven't seen him, heard of him. Seeing him yesterday, even though it was a short preview, physical. And what was thrown to him, he caught. Even that throw over the middle, that slant. Yep. The guy was right on him. I think yep. the guy with the defender was even early. Held, hold on to it, caught it, and got up. Physical. I guess you see where I'm going. I am like adrenaline-driven. That It was physical. The Giants. Yeah, yeah the Giants were playing, uh, you know, fighting Joe Judge football. That's old-school football. And the one thing about Mac, and I want to mention this to you, too, because the people who want to take uh, you know, shots at him, and I understand, he doesn't have blazing speed. He is not a burner, but he has everything okay. else in the toolbox that you want. And, and here's what I tell people. If you're not a burner, that means in all likelihood defensive backs are going to be kind of shadowing you and they're going to be in on the play. 
which means you better be able to make the contested catch. You better be physical enough that you're going to get good position, box out, and make sure you attack the ball and wrestle it away so that the defensive back cannot make it an incomplete pass. And that's what Austin Mack does so well. He, he um, counteracts his lack of speed by attacking the ball. And I, I love the kid. I really do. Yes, and I'll just say a final point, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but as we know, I know it's early on in the second half of the season, but as the Giants showed in their Super Bowl runs, the team who's playing the best ball at the end of the year is scary if they go in the playoffs, and the Giants have done that in the last two Super Bowls they were in. They were, they were playing their best ball at the end of the season, and I'm not trying to get ahead, but I am very excited. I, I could say this, if they can play their best ball and somehow get in, that is a scary team. And I'll take the rest of it off the air. And again, guys, it was great being on with you. And I'll, I'll take you. the rest off the air. Thank Chris. you, Carl. Have a great yeah, day. Thank you. Thank Jeff, you. I will say this. Of the sub-500 teams in the NFL, you know, we talk a lot of times about, you know, a get-well game for a team. Well, there have been times over the last few years where the Giants have been the get-well game. They're not that anymore. They're, they're now a very tough out. They're a team that if you're going to beat them, you're very happy to get out of the stadium with a win that day because they are going to make you sweat. Yeah, of course. I think if you're, if you're scouting the Giants and you're going to get ready to play them, they look ahead, you know, not look ahead like meaning their preparation. You're always looking a couple games ahead, and you're seeing how hard this team has played in the past. And then you go back a week ago, the way that they played Tampa, and then you go this last weekend and they play Washington and win, um, you certainly can't just think that this is a get-right game for you. you can't Ask look the ahead. Rams. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So, you know, this Eagles team has got to understand. They're probably thinking, hey, we've got there. Just like the Giants have Washington's kind of, you know, they, get, they, they win all the time against them. Well, the Eagles are thinking the same thing against the Giants this week yeah. coming up. But, you know, it could be a different story. It is going to be um, – at the game is going to be it's going to be good. I'm telling you, they, they, the Eagles have some guys coming back this week, so the Giants are going to have to prepare for that a little bit. Look, Jeff, if you're up for it, okay, you can meet me at MetLife Stadium tomorrow, 7 a.m. in the morning. We'll go on the field with some garlic, and we will perform some type <laughs> of exorcism, so that the, the evil spirits of the Eagles will no longer infect that building. How about that? If that's what it takes, I'll meet you there, Paul. <laughs> I don't. I'm not so sure. Number one, I want to be seen with you with garlic, okay. <laughs> and number two, I'm not. I don't know if that's gonna work. So I, I, we need we need we need bigger things there. We need to like I don't know, maybe just go flatten the tires or something and. You know, no, 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 buses. no, no, no. I'm not after violence. I'm not after doing <laughs> anything illegal. I'm after violence. I think but that's what it's going to take. Whatever supernatural hexes are available, Jeez. I have absolutely no problem performing them in the building. It's quite the, all right. Whatever listen, it is. If, with, all, with all kidding aside, the Giants won't need any of that if they can play like they did over the weekend. Um, they, they've got I'd a, like to they've see them play chance. better than they did yesterday, yeah. actually, to beat oh, Philly. I okay. think if they bring the game that they brought against Tampa Bay, that would be the kind of game that will beat the Eagles. Well, listen. You know, because Carson, Gi- Carson Wentz, I, I do think that he's, he's proven it. He proved it to the Giants a, a few weeks ago. He's more dangerous than, than Alex Smith. But, and Alex Smith did a few good things, too. And, I'm not going to say And remember this. Just a few weeks ago, um, one, two, how many weeks back ago? Three weeks, four weeks ago? It'll be four weeks. They played this team. They were winning with four minutes and 38 seconds left in the game. I so know all and, about it. And this team was... Not Why as do you good think then. I'm asking you for the uh, for the garlic? <laughs> not this team is not as good as they is. It was not as good then as they are now, in my opinion. You know they're healthy. Um, they've got some guys that are really starting to click. Um, and one thing that's really good is that defense is getting after the quarterback. They are really that's something that we we had a question coming into this season where it was going to come from, and they're consistently getting to the quarterback, and that's a good thing. And you know. Washington, they didn't have a chance to run the football yesterday with just the way the game was set up. Um, they only had nine attempts rushing. And that, that, and that wasn't by design. That was just because the way the game, the way it was going, right? Yeah, the blueprint re- worked really well for the Giants. I thought they basically stayed exactly according to planned. And again, outside of the game getting close on the scoreboard, they did everything they really wanted to do. 
The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct to, to get health answers you need most. And don't forget, you can get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC. Back to the phones. Bob from Pennsylvania is on line three. Hello. Hello there, guys. Hi, Bob. Uh, I, I, you know, at, at this point with the Eagles, uh, I'm up for trying the garlic, to be honest. <laughs> there you go. All right. Bob, I'll meet you there tomorrow right. at 7 a.m. We got to beat this friggin' team. Yeah, you realize if we win this game Sunday, we could sit there eating our Thanksgiving turkey, dreaming about winning the division. And I'm going to look at it. I think you're looking at it wrong there, Paul. That uh, that tie could help the Eagles. They, I, I believe if we win this game, the Eagles will lose the division by one half game. You believe so that? We Big game coming up. All right. Now I want to get on to a little more somber topic. Evan Ingram. They, they've got to stop focusing this guy. He, he can't be this big. I called you guys a couple of weeks ago about, please, let's get a fourth or fifth round pick because he's hurting the team. He almost hurt us yesterday where that ball, that he, he didn't drop it. The ball hit him in the face. How, how is it that a ball hits you in the face? He, he's not like... 12 years old. I don't get it. So uh, I wanted to ask about, is it possible that he needs, I'm not being smart here, do you think that it's possible that he needs a good extensive eye examination? And Because I think he wears contacts, but maybe he needs a new prescription. Is that I got possible? A <laughs> uh, I'll tell the story after you hang because up. It, uh, if his hands were of stone, he wouldn't have been able to catch that ball. I, I was kind of thinking he's got no hands at all. But he, he wouldn't have been able to hold that ball that he caught for a touchdown. So it, it's got to be more. Also, another thing I noticed that he does, I, see if you agree with me, doesn't he kind of jump up for the ball? We did that yesterday. Yeah. You know, Bob, it's interesting. For guys who have mysterious issues catching the ball, a lot of times you're right. It's it's an eyesight thing, and they they take him to an optologist, uh, ophthalmologist, and they figure out something there. Uh, other guys, they'll they'll say it's technique, and it's just flat out. You know what? He's not catching the ball properly. Other guys, they'll say, well, it's psychological, and and he's gotta you know go see a sports psychologist, and and they'll they'll kind of reinforce all the good things that he needs to remember when he's trying to make a play. There can be a number of different things, and if you're the Giants, I would think you would start trying those things because there's no doubt his inconsistencies have been have been very much an issue. Uh, he, he had uh, he had three drops yesterday. It can't, it can't I gave him two. Time. You had three, huh? I gave him two. I know there were three times he should have caught the ball, especially that one with the interception. And then when he dropped that ball, we were going to get points to put the game away. And if we didn't get those two interceptions, we lose the game. That's what, yeah. That was a turning point when he couldn't catch that ball. And um, it's got to – it can't keep going on like this because he's dropping too many passes. And we wouldn't even be thinking of Daniel Jones as being we got to get rid of him, this and that, if we had two or three more wins. And I, if Evan Ingram was playing up to a number one draft pick, I think we would have two or three more wins. Bob, and I'm going to let Jeff respond. I want to try to get to some more calls, but I appreciate, I appreciate you dialing in. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Go ahead, Jeff. I've got a great, a great story for this. When I was with, of all teams, the Eagles, um, I had dropped two snaps coming back to me um, during the season. Then, so the team, like, like this conversation, was saying, you know, we want to send you to a, an opt ophthalmologist and get your eyes checked. Okay. So, and, and why? Well, you know, you drop passes. It's a lot of the things that you said, Paul. It could be psychological. It could be through your eyes. It could be, you know, whatever. Um, I went to the eye doctor. But... The eye doctor sent me back with the numbers. And the numbers were, I had 2010 vision. <laughs> and what does that mean exactly? That's better than 2020 vision. My eyes were, my eyesight is better than 2020. So it wasn't my eyes. And the, and the, and the, 
the I remember the trainers were like, well, I guess we'll just check that box. It's not your eyes. It must be something else. It's concentration. It's focus. Um, you did know, so you, you see a sports psychologist, if, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no, I did not. No, actually, I did see a sports, sports psychologist after I left um, and went to Arizona. That's okay. when I started seeing a sports psychologist. And it wasn't because of that. It was because of just a bunch of other things. I wanted to oh, improve okay. my game, okay. you know. But, but the point here is that it could be a lot of those things, but I can tell you most likely it's concentration and focus. It's, it's mental. It's mental. Um, because, listen, he caught a, he, he's caught some great passes. He caught a great pass yesterday in the end zone. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's one. The one that he dropped against uh, Tampa, I mean, that's, that's concentration. That's focus. That's not his eyes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's two zero one nine three nine four five one three two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our telephone number. If you'd like to give us a call, we have to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. We go back to the lines, and Mike from Brooklyn, you are on number one. Hello. Hey, Paul, Jeff, how you guys doing? Good. We're great. How are Good. you? I'm doing great. It's always nice on a Monday when you can celebrate a victory. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. i got a couple of things. Um, just quickly about the Evan Ingram um, thing where he, he jumps to when, he catch, when the ball was arriving. I never noticed that about him. He's you know, always a good hand catcher. He has, yeah, he's had a history of drops, but um, look at the touchdown, in the, uh, the touchdown catch. That was all hands. Uh, yeah, he stretched out for it and did a great job with that. But, you know, one of the all-time leading receivers who was uh, a guy who caught the ball in his body a lot and always left his feet, and you can go back to the uh, Super Bowl 42, uh, Randy Moss, that touchdown pass he caught in the end zone, the ball was at, at the numbers, and he jumped for it. And I don't know if they, you know, they're bringing their legs up to kind of, uh, you know, um, get the ball uh you know, catch the ball a little mm-hmm. better in the stomach or whatever. But if you go back and look at that, you'll see he ca- he's no need to leave his feet, and he's in the end zone. And he catches the pass, and he always leaves. He always left his feet. He was more of a body catch. He let the ball get closer to him. He wasn't a really hands guy, but I think Edmund Ingram is one. Um, one thing I like, well, I liked a lot of things about yesterday, but rushing yards are between the tackle. Mike, I think we're having trouble with your phone line. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll give you one more shot here, and then we're going to have to try to move on. Give it another any try. Any, any better? Sounds a little bit. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, most of the rushing yards are between the tackles. And I think, yeah, you're gaping holes. And it, and it seemed like every run was for at least five or six yards, 12 yards. The one run that went outside, Abel Morris, was I think that was the only time they ran the ball outside. Um, I think they're doing a super job. The tackle, I mean, the guards and the center are doing a great job opening up some huge holes. Um, the last thing, and I don't this is just a trivia thing. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, the Giants are the only franchise since the 80s that has won a Super Bowl in every decade up to the, up to the 2020s, and we got the whole 10 years to do that. So they've won in 86, 90, right. 2007. 2011. Mm-hmm. Let's go. That, that, yeah, I was thinking, you know, we, you know, we're, we're very, <laughs> lately, we've been very spoiled. Um, you know, we haven't been to playoffs to, since 2016, but we're the only team out of the 32 that has won a Super Bowl every in, in every decade since the 80s. So, Mike, I remind I people guys, all the time there are four trophies in the case. And, and during my yeah. 38 years of covering this team, they've been to the playoffs half the time. I don't have any complaints about that at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> have a good one, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. We go to line three. Tampa. You, uh, Rick is on the line, and you're next. Hello. Oh, hey. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hi, Rick. I guess. Hi. Oh, God, I got on quick. I, I put the phone down. I thought it'd be like third or fourth. No, I'm trying. Up. I'm trying to keep the calls moving. I figure there's a lot of people right. who are anxious to get on. Yeah, we're excited. Hey, uh, great win. A uh, couple quick things. You know, uh, I well, I've been saying every time I call in, I just want something to root for for this year. And 
big game against Philadelphia, and they've given us just that with a chance to pretty much be tied for the division lead. So that's a positive. Uh, excited about the win. I saw a lot of uh, good things with Daniel Jones. Didn't turn the ball over, which you all made comments about. I thought that was good. I thought the offensive line, again, played well. Defense played well other than, you know, towards the end there, made it a little uh, more nervous than it should have been. But a win is a win. And I have a couple questions for you. And, Paul, I know you spoke highly a couple weeks ago, uh, Austin Mack. And I've uh, been looking forward to see him play. And I was very uh, – really liked his game. Looked big, fight for the ball, exactly what you were saying. Uh, will he still be in the game uh, next week if Golden Tate is reinstated from his punishment or whatever it is? Because uh, it, was he in there because Golden Tate wasn't? And well, Mac was, him. yeah, Mac was the third receiver yesterday, and he played 38 snaps, which was 49% of the offensive opportunities. The Giants uh, had 77 plays on offense. So I don't think there's any doubt, you know, that if Tate had been available uh, and not gone through the team policy thing, you know, Mac would have seen a lot fewer snaps. Now, how many is he going to see this week? I don't know the answer to that. Coach Judge is supposed to meet with the media in a few hours later on this afternoon. Uh, Fox Sports yesterday, right before the game on their telecast, their sideline reporter had said the Giants had told them that Tate would be back at practice this week, but they didn't have anything else to add. So it remains to be seen what the Giants are going to do with the receiver mix. Remember, they just picked up Dante Pettis uh, off of uh, right. uh, the cutdown list from the the Niners just cut him, and they picked him up the other day. He's got to go through the protocol, and I don't think he's going to be ready in time to be activated for the Eagles on Sunday. But you know that's another receiver now coming into the uh, into the soup, and so okay. you may want to think about you know reconfiguring those ingredients. Okay, but uh, but but he he looked good, and I that, I I know you thought a little higher of him as well, so just encouraged by that. Uh, two second thing, with Will Hernandez possibly coming back, um, and I like the way the line is playing without him. Do you think they're going to force him back into to the line, and uh, or do you think they may consider letting it stay the way it is? So that's my second question, and my uh, third, and I'll, I'll hang up, is the, the Evan Ingram thing. You know, I'm tired of having wide receivers who, who make the acrobat. I don't want the acrobatic catch. We had that with Odell Beckham. He make that one-handed catch, but you know what? He drop him in the playoffs against Green Bay right in his chest. I don't want that. Tired of Evan Ingram. Yes, he made a great play, but you know what? The ones he's got to catch, he doesn't. He jumps in the air for no reason, trying to be a hot shot. Doesn't have to do that kind of stuff. And I echo a lot of Giant fans when they say, you know what, I'm tired of seeing that. I want somebody who's going to catch the ball they're supposed to catch. And I know you agree with me. Make those catches. Uh, occasionally you get a great catch, you know, some acrobatic good. But that's not the, the, the mainstay. I want catching the ball when you're supposed to. When it hits you in the hand, catch the ball. I'll be very happy with that. So if you can answer those two questions for me, and go Giants. Big game. Take down <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Rick is fired up. Thanks for the call. Jeff, I'll let you take up. the Will Hernandez well, part. Well, I, listen, I, you, there's a kind of a – it's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't lose your job to injury or something like that. So, I mean, he was the starter. He got COVID. Um, you know, and I think that Lemieux is a guy. He's a young guy, and they like to get him reps. I don't know if they planned on him getting two games of starting, but, you know, the fact is is that we see this rotation and how it's working at the tackle positions. I don't see why you may not see it in a rotational situation at the guard position too. So um, I think they'll continue to get Lemieux snaps, but I don't think that – that Hernandez is going to lose his starting job over it. So uh, that's my, my thing. And, again, with, with, with Evan Ingram, it's – guys, it's – listen, the guy has – he's got some problems here and there. He's got to fix them. And, you know, if you don't, then you won't be in the league. That's for anybody. And so – but he does make enough plays to, to make you scratch your head sometimes, like, wow, how can he do this? And then how, does, how can he do that? It's just a concentration and a focus thing. And I don't know what else to say. I mean, it, it, day in and day out and week in and week out, we see it. So it's consistently inconsistent. Well, one thing about the Hernandez-Lemieux thing, Joe Judge already has told the media that 
Uh, Lemieux is going to get snaps moving forward because he loves to work these rookies into the rotation yeah. to get their yeah. feet wet. So he's told us that the three tackles are all going to play from here on out, and the three guards are going to play from here on out. I would, however, be surprised if Lemieux was not the third guy in that rotation and winds up with the fewest snaps of the trio. Uh, how many he gets, I don't know. Does he get 5, 6, 10, 12 during the course of a game? I don't know. But Hernandez, that's his job. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not, even though he's, he's been spotty, don't get me wrong, he's been inconsistent. Yeah. And the Giants want more out of him. He's not going to the bench. No. And you'll probably see Lemieux in there for a series. And that series could be, like you said, Paul, could be three and out. It could be nine plays. You never know. So, right. um, and that's, I, think that's, I think that's what will happen. I would add one other thing about guys catching the ball. And tell me if you agree, Jeff. Um, of the three things that a receiver, you know, can do, make the catches he's supposed to make, win the contested catches, make the acrobatic catches. If you give me one and two, I don't need the acrobatic catches. Yeah. Just make the ones you're supposed to catch and then make the contested catches. If I get those two things, you can be on my team any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like winning uh, you know, the three facets of the game, special teams, offense, defense. Give me two of the three and you can, you, you, you're good, right? Give me those two. And, and really the first one is the one you need. Make the catches you're supposed to. You know, those are the That's ones primary. That are, yeah, that's that's the number one rule. Yes. Um, and by the way, I would put good route running in there, um, may, maybe more so at, at a wide receiver position than anything. Know where you're at on the field. Not only the Giants receivers, you look at it every weekend watching games, and it's third and whatever, and the guys are two yards short of the of the of the sticks. I mean, come on, what you, you got to understand <laughs> where to be. It just doesn't do any good. I mean, there's no reason to, to have that type of play unless you are pushed into it, unless you're cut off and you're trying to get around and the quarterback throws it to you before the sticks. But your route running, you have, to be un, you have to be disciplined to understand if it's third and eight, I'm running nine yards, nine and a half, and coming back to the ball to get that first down. Think about this for one second, Jeff. The Giants, second. The, the Giants put up... Uh, over 300, well, actually it wasn't exactly 350 yards of offense yesterday. They scored 23 points. They won the game. And Darius Slayton only had one target, and he caught the pass for six yards. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the odds that Slayton would not have been a big factor in the offense and the Giants would still put up enough of numbers to win a game? That, that to me, also says something else about the development of this team. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? They... they... Didn't know or the the Washington team didn't know about Austin Mack. They you do know, now. They do now. So, um, yeah, I think it goes, and and really this this whole season has all been has been about development. It's been about improvement, and you know you're getting these young players in, which really is going to help you long term, Paul. When you look at this this roster and see how young it is, and you know how these 24 and 25 year old kids are are playing and and they're a majority of your roster going forward, and they're making plays for you now, that's just, that's just awesome. And lots of rookies, lots of rookies making plays. Lot, well, I would mm-hmm. say make, making a bunch of plays, but they're, they're improving. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. We have about uh, 12 minutes left on the program. We do have an open line at 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the phones, and we have Rich from Virginia on line one. Hello. Hey, Paul and uh, Jeff, first of all, uh, hey. 41-year Air Force veteran, uh, been a Giants fan and seen every game since 1961, long before you guys were born. So Y.A. Tittle days. Thank yeah. you for your service, Rich. We appreciate yeah. it. Well, we call you uh, the godfather, Paulie, because I'm the guy who used to go to Giants Stadium and used to give me those watches when I used to play Giants trivia, you know, in the Sid Rosenberg days and all that. You remember that? Well, I go way back before him, but yes, I certainly do remember the old park for sure. But yeah, we uh, really appreciate what you guys do. Uh, Thank you. I followed you all over the world. I want to just say I um, really like what Joe Judge is doing. You could just see that yesterday when he brought those guys together, that defense, you know, finish. But I really like, and I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, this offensive line has struggled for years. But what he's doing with rotating those kids in there and with this Lemieux, I just 
I just love what he's doing. He's getting everybody to play. It's almost like a college, you know, mantra that he's getting a, all these young kids time and he's evaluating them to put the best team on the field at the same time. So I'm really excited. Uh, they're better than their record is. I absolutely abhor Philadelphia. Thankfully, I was at Air Force OTS. I did not throw. I did not see the fumble. But I know some of my friends threw a phone through the TV when Herman Edwards scored. I'm glad I didn't see it. We have figured out every way to lose these guys. I'm ready to beat them this weekend. Yeah. Thanks for what you guys do. I'll take Thank your, you. I'll just listen to you guys offline. Thanks so much. Go Giants. Thank you so much, Rich. Yeah, Rich. And uh, listen, Veterans Day is on Wednesday. We'll, we'll wish you a, you know, a pre-Veterans Day. Thank you. That's for sure. We appreciate no your service. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It's good to hear a lot of fired up um, Giants fans today, isn't it, Paul? I mean, he's got, and you know what? It's it's, it's nice. There's there's actually this game on Sunday, is people are going to get up for it. You know, it's something to talk about, and that's exciting. That's what you want. Now we just want the Giants to go out and play well and beat this team. Let's go. We go to line two. <laughs> Sean is in Maryland. Hello, you're next on the program. What's going on, guys? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm about ready to jump out on the field. I, you know, I got to tie Jeff down to his chair. He's too excited today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, great, great team win against the uh, Washington football team. Um, going back, just understanding that, just like most people here, I'm a Giants fan first. When it comes to anything, I want to see the Giants have more points than the other team. With the O-line is what I want to talk about. I understand Will Hernandez has been out, but with the constant changing of personnel on the O-line, it seems like these rookies, uh, Pert and, and Lemieux, they're coming here and they're playing like their life depends on it because they does. Now, not, not to say that anything was wrong with Hernandez or anything like that, but if the constant rotation of personnel is working, me as a Giants fan, I personally don't care about feelings. If the rotation works, then we got to keep doing what works. Versus, oh, Hernandez comes back, he'll get his spot back. I just want to see the Giants win. So, in your guys' opinion, do you think that they're going to continue to keep this rotation going? And do you agree with that, you know, yeah. no matter who's in the lineup? Well, I'll answer real quickly. You know, Paul, and I think you will agree with me. You know, Lemieux has two games under his belt. Um, right. The further he plays in, in these games going forward, the other team is going to definitely start to figure him out and his tendencies and things like that. So it's almost like those quarterbacks that actually come into the game at the, you know, either someone gets hurt and nobody's game planned against them and they tear it up. Well, the coaches just give them a few weeks and they'll, they'll learn how to, to game plan against that guy. So I just think that Hernandez, you know, let's, let's give, get him back in there. And I think that you're just going to see that rotational um, substitution that, that they've been doing. I agree with Jeff on this, and, and to be honest with you, this is how it goes, Sean. You have to walk that fine line between giving the guy as much experience as possible so that he starts to learn and accelerates his development against the fact that if you overexpose him too quickly, the other team will take advantage of him. And really, that's, sure. that's, that's the bottom line. That's the, 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 the scale that you have to weigh when you determine how mm -hmm. many snaps you're going to give a rookie. Actually, he also got to consider the fatigue factor because if you can't the same guys on the line and they're pushing and you know, we're doing ground and pound on the running game all day, you get some fresh legs in there, that can help push. I, actually, uh, Sean, to be honest, offensive linemen will tell you they much rather ground and pound. It's a heck of a lot easier and much more fun for them to run block than it is pass block. Well so that, that would not fatigue would not be a factor if the Giants are going to run the ball more. Okay. Have a good day. I have a quick question. Oh, for go you. ahead. No, I have sure. a quick question for you guys. Uh, just, I just want to. I heard some rumors about uh, the NFLPA in regards to turf. Now, I'm not sure if it's true or not. But maybe you guys can help me out. Is it true that they're trying to get all NFL teams to go to real grass versus turf, or is that you know some internet garbage? All right, Sean. We'll let you go and answer uh, once we get off the air. Jeff, I know for a long time that has been a topic of debate. And the Players Association has always said they would prefer real grass. The problem is, in a lot of situations, it's not practical. That's right. It's expensive, too. Um, yeah, it, 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 is it better to play on grass? Yeah, it is. It's, it's football, right? But, you know, these stadiums are multi-use, and you have so much uh, traffic that comes in and out of these 
concerts and high school games and things like that. So tractor um, poles and tractor things of that nature. You know, that, and and by the way, you know the turf the turf is is a lot softer than you think. For those people that haven't been on the the new turf, as they if they have it, the old astroturf turf was ridiculous. That's like playing on concrete. But the new stuff with the black pebbles and the rubber that's in there, it's actually it's it's very soft. It's very soft. So I I, I think that yeah, like you said, Paul, I think the the league would love to have everybody on grass, but I think it's impractical. It really is. Let me ask you a question about punting in regards to the surface, Jeff. Uh, were you aware of the different types of bounces you would get if you were to try a pooch kick or, uh, you know, one of those high arcing kicks or an Australian kick mm-hmm. or whatever, a boomerang kick, any of the kinds of kicks, because I know you had a whole repertoire of them. Did well, you always have to keep in mind, oh, this is natural grass or this is turf. What kind of reaction am I going to get? Well, back when I played, you know, I've got to play in all, all that the new turf technology and things like that. But at the, you know, before when they had the artificial turf, the stuff that they had like in vet stadium and the stuff that they had at the Meadowlands, you know, that was hard surface. That was just basically carpet over concrete. So you knew that when the ball was going to come down on that, it was going to take a huge bounce. Like a tennis ball. Yeah. And so grass was a little bit softer. You knew it would cushion it a little bit more. And then the development of the new, the new uh, field turf, they call it, is a lot softer, so that ball kind of sits down. So those are kind of types of things that you would learn as the as the grass market, if you will, <laughs> changed over the years. But the original AstroTurf, you had to you can't bounce the ball on the five yard line; it's going in the end zone. So you had to aim for the ten. If the guy let it go, at least it's going to give you a chance to to keep the ball out of the end zone. But you know, most of my kicks later in my career were all angle kicks. When I first came into the league, I did a lot of pooch punting, and that was the one that you're talking about, Paul, where you, you bring it and you try to land it on the 10-yard line, and I would have to make sure that it was on the 10 or even a little bit further out if it was going to be in the vet stadium um, where the old turf was because that thing was it was just very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some of those – the vet stadium was the worst. I mean, they had those baseball cutouts where the, where the, the bases were, the yeah. seams, and unfortunately the seams were on the hash marks. And in, <laughs> and in the pros, they always put the ball – very rarely do they put the ball in the middle of the field. It's usually on one of the hashes. And I used to have to offset, you know, a good two yards so that I wouldn't plant on that uneven, um, you know, insert where they would put mm-hmm. it. I, I don't know how we – I saw a guy for the Bears. I don't remember his name, but he blew out both of his knees on one play in Vet Stadium. It was it, he came down, both up, knees, up, both knees went up for oh. a, a catch. He came down and got stuck right in, and and both his patella tendons on the same hey, Jeff, play. Jeff, I think that was Tom Waddle, right? Tom, was, was it, it Waddle? Waddle? I think it was Tom Waddle that did that at the Vet. Oh right. my! Yeah. Both of them at the same time, and they had to they had to rehab one earlier than the other because think about it, you know. <laughs> It's kind of hard when you're, do, you're trying to do rehab with two knees. I mean, horrible, absolutely horrible. I don't know that that was a bad stadium, boys. And when they blew, when they imploded that thing, that was good. That was fine. Get it away. Goodbye. <laughs> one more call before we kick it out here today. It's Joe from Pennsylvania on line number one. Hi, Joe. Hi, guys. They're uh, great win, boy. It does look like uh, the difference. If we would have had one turnover, it could have made the difference of us, you know, winning or losing that game. You know, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I, I, I do I do want to say, well, tip my hat off to our kicker. Is there another kicker in the league you'd prefer mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, we don't. I tell you what, he's just he's really good. I mean, you don't know how good you got it until it's gone, right? That guy is amazing. Graham well, how, 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 What's his age? You know, what's he about? I think he's just about 30, but I can I can yeah, check yeah. it. But oh, by, by the way, we do need to mention that's another one of Dave Gettleman's signings, just to put that one in the column. He, he, that's yeah, right. Uh, that's right. Is, is he is he locked up after this year? He's Paul? 33. It's a one-year deal. Oh, well. Okay, well, I hope mm-hmm. we uh, sign him soon here. Uh, one thing I want to say makes, makes a big difference is every, it seems, every game or every other game, we must lead the league with, offensive pass interference. Uh, you know, we got to work on that. Doesn't it seem like that? We well, it's, it's the, and you know what it is? It's on that. It's on those rub plays. It's on yeah, those I rub know. plays, and they have to learn how to run that right. route without getting the penalty. You know, everybody and, does it. Yeah, I, I, I know it's a key thing. It just seems like we get the penalties. We, if, if you probably could check, check it, we probably up there, up there to the top and leading the league with that. So, uh, 
that's all I, I want to say. We're we're playing great, and um, like you said, like that first game against the Eagles. If we, you know, that was a real big game, and so is this one here. And if we could uh, uh, win this game, it means like we'll be in it for the rest of the season because the Eagles have a tough uh, uh, schedule the rest of the way too. So um, go Giants! Thanks for Joe. My before you before you go, Joe, great observation. The Giants do lead the league in offensive pass interference calls. They've been flagged six times, and no one else has been flagged more than three times this year. Wow. So that not only do they lead it, they, 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 they doubled it. And honestly, you know, that didn't necessarily ring into my head until he just brought it up. But uh, that's obviously something they've got to work on. Heck, sure. it cost them a touchdown in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It certainly did. Wow. That's so. well, and I, don't you agree? It's a, it's those routes. It's that they have to learn how to. I mean, they're designed to to pick the players. You know that. It's just, but you got to be able to run the play the way you have to, so you don't get that penalty. <laughs> yeah, but the funny part about the one in Dallas is that it wasn't supposed to be a pick. He was running his route, and the defender ran into him. Yeah, well, that one was not intentional. I, I was talking about the one yesterday. It was pretty obvious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Well, that'll do it for today's program. Thank Always you, Paul. good to be with you. We will do this again on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We are here every weekday from noon until 1 p.m. Eastern time. Dial the number at 201-939-4513 or go to hashtag Giants Chat. He is at Jay Fiegels. I am at Giants WFAN. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. So long, everybody.